0: After a 36 minute match with Kazuchika Okada, Shingo Takagi won the vacant IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion Show. A day later, Takagi said, waking up this morning and having the belt there in my room let me know that it wasn't all a dream and what happened was real. The IWGP World Heavyweight Championship has a relatively short history. It's only been around since March and yet we've had three champions. How is it that a company known for lengthy title reigns is bouncing its world championship around? What role does Shingo Takagi play now that he's champion? I'm Ryan Joy, and I run minutesdeveltime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about Shingo Takagi and what he must do to establish the new IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. We have headlines from the last 24 hours Travis Severance is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for June eighth, twenty twenty one, where we sort through all of the bullshit in pro wrestling news to find you the truth. Here's the headline: Shingo Takagi used Last of the Dragon to defeat Kazuchika Okada in thirty six oh six at Dominion from Osaka Joe Hall. This was the third singles match. Okada won the first bout in last year's G one Climax. Shingo won the second bout in this year's New Japan Cup, and now Shingo Takagi defeated Okada at one of New Japan's signature events, Dominion, and he is the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. So Travis, I mentioned in the intro, this is the third champion since March. The previous two champions, Kota Ibushi, he had essentially a one-month reign, he had the double championship for a while, but he had a one-month reign as world champion, March 4th to April 4th. Osprey won April 4th, and he had his last defense on May 4th, and then he, he forfeited the title 16 days later on May 20th. Both only had one defense. Shingo Takagi has got to turn this boat around, and he was not the chosen guy to do it because... He's only champion because of the vacated title from Osprey. So, what does he have to do? The
1: nice thing about him is the world is his oyster. He's got a whole lot of people that he can wrestle. He doesn't have these long standing feuds. He's been inserted here and inserted there. And he's part of the mix every time they do the tournaments, but he's very rarely a highlight. It's a fresh face. So there's a ton of ways that he can go about establishing himself. He's moving right into Koto Ibushi. Okay, great. You got two of the three guys that have held this belt ever going at it one-on-one. Obviously, he's got to rack up some wins. But he's got all the standout guys in each of the factions that he can take himself through. Tanahashi's out there, too. He could have a good match with Tanahashi, as well. Jay White is missing from programming lately. He called out Finley and said that's where he wanted to go with his never-open, but... He really hasn't had any defenses with that either. So I'd have to scratch Jay White off of the the immediate go-to, and maybe he's the person that ultimately ends up beating him for the title. But I think Jay White actually cursed that belt. He said they tried to erase his history. They combined the two of them together, and now it's been bad news bears for anybody that's held the title. But from here, where do they go? My thought is they probably move right into Great Ocon slash Jeff Cobb. As vengeance for the empire, Will throws his soldiers at him mm-hmm. after Abushi. I think we see that is probably the direction that it goes. Either one of those opponents, I think, would be good. I don't think either one of them takes the title off of him. And then you've also got Suzuki Goon, which Minoru Suzuki Takagi signed me up. You could also see maybe Zack Saber. If they want to go interfaction, we got somebody that carried double belts with Naito got Sonata that's there quietly. So there's a whole slew of guys that he can wrestle. That's nine months worth of wrestling or so right there laid out for opponents that he hasn't had long standing feuds with or any kind of feuds with that he's definitely had some work with. It's a really fresh face on a guy that's established and can work. I was just thrilled that we weren't going right back to Okada with another run. And it seems like a bit of a risk and a bit of a gamble, but he certainly has the chops to do it. Building up wins and having the belt for a little while is important. What I will say is, unlike Ibushi, and unlike Osprey, he doesn't wrestle that dangerous style that those two do. He's definitely more of a strong style wrestler. If you take a look at him and you compare him to previous champions in New Japan, he is a classic New Japan wrestler in every way. Just power moves and good stuff and can Deliver a chop and could take a chop, and it just a really interesting dragon presentation when he comes down to the ring, too.
0: Okada was in the running for this, but he lost. And I think it's because this new world championship belt they want to establish it with a new face. They had Kota Ibushi, he was the first one, he is a new face. They took a long time to get to Kota Ibushi, and then he had some bad injuries that weren't going to take him out, but were certainly going to prevent him from having the high-level matches that he wanted to have for a period of time. So Ibushi's out. They move to Osprey. Osprey's a new guy. He's never been world champion. He's the guy they're going to go with. He immediately gets injured on his first defense, essentially a broken neck. So now the third attempt, they're still going with a new guy that hasn't been world champion before. Let's establish the new belt with a new top guy, and we've got Shingo Takagi. I think you have to do one of two things to establish the belt. Because right now, Shingo Takagi is not necessarily established as a world champion right now, but that belt isn't really established that well as a world championship because it changes every time it's defended almost. So Shingo has to either defend that belt a lot or he has to hold the belt for a long time. And I'm okay with either scenario. He could do an Ibushi match. He could follow that up with a Cobb match. He could move on to anybody else he wants. Great matches with Ishii, Saber, Taichi. And then down the road sometime, Osprey comes back for revenge, or maybe they circle back to Ibushi, or they do a long-term program that gets the winner of the G1. Maybe it's Jay White, and Jay White takes it off at Marassal Kingdom. But it's got to be a long run, or... If it's not a long run, it at least has to have seven or eight title defenses. And maybe he does them in quicker succession than most people do.
1: And I think you and I agree, though, that Osprey was going to do that. I I think think so. The plans were probably him going up to Wrestle Kingdom with the belt. Shingo is a guy that I could see doing that too. I don't see a quick change. I see him carrying this title. Regardless of who he wrestles up into Wrestle Kingdom, I think we're going to see the G1 Wrestle Kingdom change. I think it's Osprey was the sense.
0: guy that they wanted to go overseas with. The idea was we've got this belt on Will. He's a great champion for us, and we can bring him over to the United States. He can wrestle a couple of shows there. He'll draw there because he can talk people into the building. Same thing with the UK and New Zealand and Australia, the other markets that they dabble in. He was really key to their global expansion. Now, Shingo, not as much but still very well thought of everywhere.
1: There's an interesting place that you can go. And I know I read allegedly Chris Jericho's contract with new Japan ran out a couple of days ago, but if he came over and did a hot program with him to go back to Tokyo dome, there's another interesting opponent. Sure. Kenny Omega Shingo is not a match that I would hate either. <laughs> you know, like no and
0: Shingo came in towards the end of Omega's run. That's Shingo right. was Only there for a minute when Omega was there and he was in the junior heavyweight division.
1: The key is if they bring him over, he's going to need a mouthpiece. He's going to need somebody to talk for him. And I don't know who immediately that is, but I would agree. The plan was, was probably Osprey coming over and doing a bunch of U.S. dates and things like that and making it exciting in that way. The StarCast that we were at, it was he was the name that Kenny Omega called out from New Japan that said, this is a guy that I'd like to go. I want to see if he's the real deal. It'll be interesting. Now, do they just de- defend the title and stay home? Do we see this Kojimas and Tenzans and different guys like that just headed over occasionally to keep that conversation going? Or does it expand? But the other thing
0: he could do is maybe he stays home. And if he calls his shot and says, I'm going to beat all the former champions or something like that. And he says, OK, here's my list of people. And he starts knocking them off. And then Osprey comes back at the end. You have all these kinds of things, but he has to do something that we can tie this championship run to and say, look what Shingo accomplished. This is what a world champion looks like.
1: I see him as a defending champion. I don't see him in this this Roman Reigns role or whatever, like ducking defenses intentionally. It's not part of his character. He's a workhorse. That's why he's in the position that he's in. So I just don't see him turning down... Any challenger, no matter who it is. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of title defenses. And you're going to see false finishes. It's New Japan. But I don't see him dropping it right away. And and I I hope that he ends up coming out of this as big as he could be.
0: The other thing he has to do is remain healthy. Because that's what's plagued all these former champions that we're talking about. They couldn't stay healthy. And it it may be the pandemic era. This match was 36 minutes. And it was one of the shorter world championship matches recently, which is crazy. They work for these long periods of time and they still do these high angle spots towards the end of matches where they've been wrestling for 35 minutes and they're taking a high angle suplex. So they're tired, maybe make mistakes. They got to keep them healthy and maybe they shorten those matches down a little bit. Look, when he was never champion, he had great matches with Ishii and those guys were like tied together for a long time. He can go through all those opponents again as world champion
1: yeah Ishii would be somebody that would be interesting Ishii would be a hell of an opponent for him because of the history that they have so i could see him doing a respect challenge to ishi for sure and those matches are just always incredible because they're two giant bulls smashing at each other
0: all right best of luck to shingo takagi he's got some work cut out for him he's got to do what osprey couldn't and he's got to do what kota ibushi couldn't do right. he's got to get that title established yeah, we have home. a bunch more headlines to get into and we'll get to them right after this short break where I tell you all the different ways that you can support the show. If you love the Daily Wrestling News show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out bodyslamclothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com. Right now, check it out. And join Joey jarzenka Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the primetime rundown. They take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John McCani, and Gary Maheffi. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. The coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at prowrestlingpick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at Brigade. Com. And, of course, this show, The Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is The Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. We're going into the headline v- portion of the show where we have a lot of topics to talk about, but we don't spend a lot of time on any of them. Show Buzz Daily. We talked about this, I think one or two weeks ago, Travis, where Showbuds Daily got hacked and they were having problems, they were down for a long time. This is the website that has provided wrestling ratings for years and years, not only wrestling ratings, but also sports ratings and other things. They had the unfortunate news to update us with that they're dead. In addition to their long ongoing technical issues, they also lost access to their historical data and their site is officially done. So, Pretty crazy. Yeah, everything hangs by a thread sometimes. Okay, in other news of things that are not dying but growing or expanding, Peacock will launch on Samsung TVs today. you have a Samsung,
1: Travis? No, I'm a – what am I, LG? LG. Yeah. So
0: the Samsung operating system will now have Peacock right there on it. It will obviously include the WWE Network. So it's just another way for people to consume – peacock
1: does it come with a better way to navigate the site
0: i think you're going to get the same experience maybe worse great um it's probably not going to have fast forward and it'll still not have all the stuff the wwe network had thank god there is just a fraction of news coming out of monday night raw from last night drew mcintyre versus bobby lashley will be a hell in the cell match now but if mcintyre loses he will get no more title shots at bobby lashley travis is McIntyre going to win this
1: match? Oh my gosh, I don't know now. It, he was pretty convincing with that sword through the table at the contract <laughs> signing that everybody wanted to see. I think Drew McIntyre is going to beat Bobby Lashley.
0: Yeah, they don't have anybody ready for either of them afterwards. So McIntyre wins the title here, and then Bobby gets his rematch at the next show, Money in the Bank. and
1: Maybe it's Drew wins, and then Kofi comes into the Hurt Business, and then MVP throws another Hurt Business guy at Drew later on. They could just pivot and go with Braun Strowman. Oh, oh they can't no. go with Braun Samojo, though. Samojo. Samojo's up. Oh. No. Oh. Big Show? No. No. Mm. Randy Orton, he's very busy today. Yeah. AJ Styles, very busy. Yeah, I don't know where you go from here. Drew... Are you going to face Jackson Riker? Are you going to go against Elias? sewer well, I guess we're probably yeah. going to see Brock Slam. Brock yeah. SummerSlam, maybe. Yeah, Or Goldberg Brock. SummerSlam.
0: Yeah, they'll probably bring a name in, for sure. They have the same problem on SmackDown, though. They don't really have people ready, so they're probably going to bring in somebody to face both of them. Roman and Bobby slash Drew. Other news from Raw, the Viking Raiders became the number one contenders for the Raw Tag Team titles. They did not necessarily announce when that championship match will occur, so it could be at Hell in the Cell, or it could be on Raw next week, might be on Main Event on Wednesday. Don't know. And other stuff happened on Raw, but that's the main news. So Mick Foley is coming up next on Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions. That's June 20th. That's the same day as the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. It's interesting. I like McFoley. He's a great storyteller, as you know from that StarCast we went to. He can really hold the crowd in the palm of his hand. I'm not sure what new stories he has to tell in an interview format like this, but it'll be fun to see Steve and Mick talk. The question that this brings up for me, though, is that it has become their tradition every month on pay-per-view day that they do one of these Broken Skull sessions. Now, WrestleMania, it was Chris Jericho, which was very newsworthy survivor series was the undertaker also very newsworthy i don't remember who royal rumble was but summerslam is coming he needs to have a a killer guest i don't maybe brock lesnar i don't know
1: yeah i'm not sure i agree with you though mick has told his same stories a thousand times so i'm really curious if we're just going to get a rehash of the same McFoley stories over and over again, or if we're going to get something fresh from Steve, I hope it's the latter. Who could he get on? It should be somebody big. I don't know, maybe Jeff Hardy.
0: Oh, Jeff, that's probably who Bobby's going to fight next. Okay, this headline section has been dripping with sarcasm. Hopefully, you didn't tune out. We did have New Japan announced two title matches coming up for their Kazuna Road shows on June 22nd and 23rd from Cork and Hall. On the 22nd, we have Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi defending the never six-man titles against Evil, Dick Togo, and Yujiro Takahashi. Now, I would say that this is Goto, Ishii, and Yoshihashi versus Evil and the two jobbers of Bullet Club.
1: Yeah, this is like Bullet Club D-Team. This is like the enhancement talent go round. Like, not for nothing, if Jay White and god was not going to beat that never six <laughs> I, I don't see this clown show of bullet club members doing it either like it's just laughable really kazuna road might be a sad road
0: yeah. michelle and you are going to defend the junior titles against taiji ishimori and elp i think this is a little bit more interesting for you june 23rd bullet club has a stronger chance of
1: yeah, stronger chance, and I don't know, these guys ping-pong the titles back and forth the way that Techers and GODs done recently. So we could see ELP and Taiji Ishimori win here. I I don't know. It, it, this one's a tougher one to call, and I think based on the results here, we'll know whether or not Ishimori might beat Desperado down the road for the junior heavy title. I don't think they're going to have Taiji Ishimori, although he probably deserves it, holding two belts at the same time. So that's down the road. That's 15 and 16 days away, respectively, to those two shows. Takahashi's back, which has been like the headline of my New Japan career since I've started watching. Like about every six months, I get to hear that Hiromu Takahashi's coming back. The guy's made out of peanut brittle or something at this
0: point. I, I think holding himself together with duct tape and paper clips.
1: Yeah. He's always in the mix. They try to hot shot him into the title picture every single time he comes back. Somebody has an immense amount of faith in the man. And I don't know. He just never looks super impressive to me for the juniors. Like he's rarely, oh, I he rarely does he look like he's in good shape to me.
0: I, I think when he's healthy, he's amazing. Sure. Now, now, to your point, there's been a lot of times when he's not been healthy, but.
1: Man. Yeah. Maybe that's my view of him. I don't think I've seen him at his best. And maybe if I go back and I watch some older new Japan stuff, but yeah, in the last two or three years in new Japan, he has never looked super impressive. And I'm thinking back to the ELP match that he had when elp came back and both of them looked not great which is a weird thing to say for elp because that was his first match back too i think and yeah just hopefully it gets better That was wrestle
0: kingdom night one january 4th
1: 2021
0: yep so outside of new japan though matt cardona picked a fight with nick gage over the weekend al carl and i talked about that briefly yesterday but it looks based on what matt cardona is putting out on twitter and whatnot that He will challenge Nick Gage for the GCW Championship in Atlantic City at Homecoming. Such a weird challenger.
1: Smart move by Matt. Matt's really good with his social media presence. He is certainly the prettiest person that's ever walked down to the ring in GCW, which the fans immediately have heat for him. If he does get a pizza cutter to the face, the roof is going to explode off of that. It's a smart move by Cardona right now with Nick Gage because of all the dark side stuff. So he's obviously a hot topic and stuff like that. But man, do I see him going through glass tables and light tubes and all that other stuff? He is super, super pretty. It is not the style of match that I would see him doing. Thinking about Zack Ryder days and different things like that. And it is a odd dance partner, but you know what? It might just work.
0: Yeah, we'll see. All the power to matt cardona for giving something to try maybe he'll love it maybe he's got a history of doing this stuff that i'm not aware of as far as i know he's pretty much been a wwe guy his whole career
1: super clean super polished which is the other reason why there was so much heat, hopefully he wears the same gear he was out on this weekend because he was covered from head to toe in like a Druid <laughs> outfit. And yeah. that's probably good for him, but I don't know. Maybe he's got an itch for that deathmatch style stuff, but you're not going to get a lot of technical wrestling out of Nick Gage. And it's not going to happen, especially with as much calling his shot and stuff like that, that, that has happened back and forth between the two of them. Like Cardona took it to him and GCW, which is, different than other wrestling has this they're tough they're actually they're lunatics they're crazy people alex cologne congratulations to him for winning his third tournament over the weekend too just insane lunatics but it's like there's a certain ladder and rung and if you're coming in from the outside of that and stuff like that it's you got to take your lumps kid kind of thing so i don't know what they got worked out but i wouldn't want to be matt cardona
0: no i could think of a lot of other wrestlers i'd get in the ring with before, before nick gage nick gage is not on the top of my list. No.
1: I'll take a Minoru Suzuki chop over five minutes with Nick Gage, really.
0: Yes. 30 seconds. I I don't want to be anywhere near that guy. (laughs) It's just crazy. So that's the headlines. I do want to let people know what's coming up tonight on NXT. In case you've missed the announcements, Killian Dane will face Isaiah Swerve Scott. This is defending Drake Maverick's honor. Austin Theory versus Oni Lorcan. Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai. Ted DiBiase has a priceless announcement. There will be a face-off between Karrion Cross, Adam Cole, Pete Dunn, Johnny Gargano, and Kyle O'Reilly. This is the go-home show for NXT TakeOver In Your House. Poppy will be on the show as well.
1: A little yawny, I think, for a go-home show. Not a lot of pop there to it. I'm sort of surprised that there isn't a little bit more oomph to it. And I'm surprised that... that- Frankie Monet doesn't have a match on the in your house, but I guess we're doing maybe a slow build with her. So,
0: yeah, maybe she'll get involved somewhere on tonight's show. But yeah, right, I don't think we're going to get her
1: on the show this weekend. And it's not like she needs a bunch of ring time to get in there to have a match. New, nope. new. Nope. <laughs> She's ready. She may need to work their style a little bit more.
0: Yeah, throw her on a pay per view. But on Dynamite this week, Travis is on the show, so I always like to talk about Dynamite a little bit. We have a very big TNT championship match between Miro and Evil Uno. Lance Archer will be in action. Cody has a big announcement. We're going to hear from the Pinnacle. Christian Cage versus Angelico. Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler versus Pac, Penta, El Zero Miedo, and Eddie Kingston. Hangman Page and Preston Vance versus Will Hobbs and Brian Cage. Darby Allen and Sting will make an announcement.
1: Yeah, that in Helico Christian Cage match. If you're tuning in for one thing, I bet you that one steals the show. And it's Friday story. night again. It's Friday night again. So they don't have a lot to go against. The the last two Friday shows have sucked. So hopefully this one's definitely better because the Friday shows have been awful. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just I don't know what it is. Maybe I've already been watching SmackDown for two hours and I'm tired by the time I get I'm the not party. even watching but...
1: Smackdown and tuning in fresh and It's just the show has felt flat, which thank God they had that amazing pay-per-view in between all that, because boy, would I be put off by the product right now.
0: All right, Travis, anything else on your list for the day?
1: I don't have anything. I know MLW finished their drafts up last week, so it looks like they've got a, a nice tight roster over there. So there's some interesting signings over there. We got to see Aramis who was phenomenal at those GCW shows, a great Lucha. I wish they would have grabbed Ira Strange when he was there as well. And who knows, maybe he'll come as part of that package. But it does look like that whole group, it's almost like a troop of... Lucha Wrestlers is going to end up being in Chicago for the GCW shows and stuff like that. Maybe we'll get to catch a little bit of that. But I don't know. Other than that, I'm excited. You and I actually got to text about travel plans for upcoming AEW shows, which used to be a really fun ritual two years ago. And like now it's nice that it's coming back. So we get to fill in the seats for some of those tickets that we've been holding on to for quite a while. But other than that, I don't know. The Strong has been has been nice and quiet and and good and uh, ROH announced a Baltimore show, I think too. So that should be exciting. Um,
0: All promotions are back in July impacts back with fans in July. ROH is back with fans in July. MLW is back in July. WWE, obviously if you didn't hear they're going back on the road and AEW is going back on the road. Same time.
1: Yeah. It's going to be really interesting with fans coming back. I think it's probably going to help the WWE product hopefully the most. I would mm-hmm. say that the promotion that made the most headway during this time off or used the time off without fans the best, I would say is Impact establishing itself a little bit better. We'll see what kind of, no pun intended, impact the fans have on Impact when they come back. But I will yeah. say FAM
0: University had limited tickets. So it wasn't like they're going to fill the place to capacity, but it'll be the first time they've had fans since the pandemic started.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so still excited about fans coming back, and hopefully that'll have some impact on the creative over at WWE because I'll tell you what, that finish in Raw last night, if you had a live fans there, they would have been pounding on that box office door because well, that was Well, it's
0: interesting because I don't think they would have had, there's been a lot of finishes to Raw recently where I don't think they would have done that if there were fans because the end of Raw, I believe, an arena full of fans is going to have something happened in the ring at the finish, whether that's an interview segment or a run-in or just a match concludes. So when you have stuff that ends in the back stage area, I don't see that happening when fans come back. So something will be different about creative, I think. But yes, I'm sure Shayna Baszler was screaming, and so were you, and so was everybody else. So Get well soon, Raw. For Travis, I'm Ryan. We'll see you next time.